Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking to a Syracuse football legend and about Syracuse basketball's perfect trip in Italy. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today, Syracuse football legend, Brendan Carney. Brendan, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Always a pleasure to speak to you. Yeah, Wes, thanks for, thanks for having me back. Uh, really, really appreciate it and looking forward to, to talking uh, Syracuse football. Well, let's get started then, Brendan. The last time we spoke, Syracuse had just hired Dino Bapers, and now here we are three seasons later with Syracuse opening the 2019 season as the number 22 team in the country. You're someone who's seen Syracuse during the highs and the lows, so how nice is it for you to see as a distinguished alumni of the football team? Yeah, time time flies when you're having fun, and uh, and that's certainly what's been happening with Syracuse football the last few years. Um, I think when you look at the last ten to fifteen years, we've we've really struggled to find an identity. Um, you know, we've seen three coaching staffs, three athletic directors, all with different agendas, uh, which creates an inconsistent message to the fans, and then produces an inconsistent product uh, on the field. Uh, so with Dino and John having now established uh, cultural foundation, you know, in the program, you're seeing more consistency across the board, um, you know, which allows you to recruit top tier talent. Uh, so I'm very excited for the current players, the, the former players, the university and the fans uh, to all be a part of the recent successes uh, of the program. Um, they continue to represent Syracuse football in a positive way, both on and off the field. And uh, that's a direct testament to the type of players that we have, uh, Dino Babers and his staff. Um, I'll actually be heading down to College Park to watch them play in Maryland on September 7th with a few former teammates. And then I'll be heading back to Syracuse for the Western Michigan game on the 21st of September. And uh, we're very excited to, to get this season going. Brendan, one of the biggest reasons for Syracuse's turnaround last year was the special teams. And two of the names that we always hear are All-ACC and Ray Guy candidate Sterling Hoffrichter and All-American and Lou Groza Award winner Andre Schmidt. You were one of the best Syracuse special teams players in history, a three-time All-Big East selection. So as a former elite punter yourself, what do you see with these two in terms of technique or mental makeup that make these guys so special? Yeah, no, this is, uh, you know, this is one aspect of the game that really gets my blood going. Uh, I love talking about these guys. But uh, you mentioned um, two important qualities uh, for punters and kickers, uh, technique and mental makeup. 
Um, real quick on the, on the mental makeup, because I think both of these guys are on the same page with it. And I, and I honestly believe that it's why both of them have been so successful. Um, you know, punters and kickers are, are like relief pitchers in the sense where they're called into action with the most important part of the game, uh, coming off the bench, uh, often cold, uh, and asked to perform at, at the highest level. So it's really not enough to be competitive and motivated anymore. You have to be able to control your emotions and even your, your physical arousal. Um, and these guys seem to remain confident and composed out there. They don't let themselves get wrapped up on the moment uh, or let their emotions run wild. They do a great job of drowning out all the distractions and, and become completely focused uh, you know, on their jobs. I think when you look at Sterling, he's such an effortless approach to his technique. It's often confusing to, you know, to, to watch how far he can, uh, you know, he can punt it when it looks like he's barely swinging his legs. So, you know, he's not a, he's not a tall guy, but he's very compact. Uh, he's such a gr- uh, great body control um, that allows him to really, um, you know, explode up and through the ball, you know, on contact. And uh, and that's similar for, for Andre as well. His technique is very sound and consistent. You know, it doesn't change from being, you know, from whether it's an extra point to uh, you know, a 50-yard field goal. You know, he trusts in his mechanics and uh, and he executes. Um, I think if Andre can approach this season the same way he did in 2018, I think uh, he's got a real good chance of, of doing something special. And um, I think if you look across the landscape this year, the special teams unit is, is arguably you know the best in the country with Sterling and Andre. And I think if we get high production, you know, out of those two, along with the coverage and return units. I think you can guarantee it'll be the difference in one or two games this, this, this season, especially against teams like Clemson and Florida State. Brendan, aside from the special teams, let's talk about the 2019 football season then. They lose quarterback Eric Dungy. They lose both their starting linebackers, three starters from the offensive line, and some depth on the defensive line. Do you think Syracuse can win another 10 games and maybe even challenge Clemson for the ACC title this year? Yeah, so I think this team has the chemistry to make this another great season. Uh, you know, regarding what we've lost, I think when you look at a program like Clemson, for example, who's been at the top of the college football ranks um, in the depth that they've been able to build at each position, uh, there's no drop-off in talent year to year. Um, that's one of the, the main ingredients to being consistently good instead of occasionally great, which is what Coach Babers talks a lot about. And Dino and his staff have done a great job recruiting over the last couple of years and and developing the depth at all positions. Um, There's been a sense of competition that's been established within the program. So I think these young guys, uh, when asked, are ready to step up and perform at at a high level. Um, You know, just looking at Coleman and Robinson, that could be one of the more dynamic one-two punches that defensive end in the country. Uh, Defensive backfield that's experiences and as good as we've seen in the last 20 years, um, a plethora of running backs and receivers on offense with a young QB, like you mentioned, who showed last year that he's ready to step in full time. Um, and an offensive line that, you know, may have some questions, you know, but uh, looks like they're working hard in camp, you know, to get the chemistry down and to be, uh, you know, the, the core of the offense. Um, I think if you look in the ACC after Clemson, it's everyone else. Uh, so there's a real solid opportunity for Syracuse to be that next team everyone is consistently talking about. But, um, you know, they really need to drown out all the noise around them and focus on planning and executing one game at a time. Uh, we've just begun our climb back into the national spotlight, and we need to take this one step at a time and not get too far ahead of ourselves with rankings and uh, 
rankings and predictions. Um, you know, we played Clemson early on. I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing, but what I do know is that we have two games leading up to them that are, are, are more important. And if we lose focus on Liberty or Maryland, you know, any conversation around an ACC title starts to slowly slip away. Brendan, we'll get you out of here on this one. And this is something I asked you back when you were on the program back in 2016. So I'll ask you the same question today. If you could tell the Syracuse fans something and you could tell the 2019 football team something, what would you tell the fans and what would you tell the team? Yeah, so Coach McPherson, uh, you know, when I was playing, he'd always talk to us um, after practice and he would always say that short speeches made for long friendships. So to the fans, I would say keep supporting. Uh, keep supporting these young men by showing up to the carrier dome every home game and cheering them on. Um, outside of recruiting, I think fan support is another major key ingredient to any program success. Um, and the carrier dome, when packed with Syracuse fans, is uh, you know the hardest place to play in, in all of college football. I truly believe that. Um, you know, and to the players, it's the same message from 2016, which is to be humble and stay hungry. Um, yeah, that's what I tell them. Brenton, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Again, it's always a pleasure to have Syracuse legend and three-time All-Big East punter Brendan Carney on the program. Really great stuff from you. Always enjoy chatting. Enjoy the start of the football season. We'll speak with you soon. Thanks so much for having me on, Wes. Go Orange. Awesome insight from our friend Brendan Carney. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse finished off its Italy exhibition with an 82-42 win over Virtus Roma, making it a perfect 4-0 trip. You touched on this last week in the podcast, but Syracuse got another strong performance from center Barama Sidibe. 17 rebounds to finish the four-game swing, averaging 12 rebounds per game. If Syracuse is going to win, they're going to need a healthy Sidibe. And for the first time since he's arrived on campus, he actually looks healthy. Well, you had to be impressed because you can see the work he has done. He's come back from injury that have slowed him for two seasons. So you had to be impressed with the effort he has made, the great work with the Syracuse coaching staff, the strength and conditioning staff. They have to be given a lot of credit, too, along with Sadibe himself in the rehabilitation process. And uh, as we've mentioned, the, the, the importance of production from that position uh, in, in the way Jim Beheim has played in his entire career. Uh, not only do you, do you need offense and not only back to the basket, but it would be great to see more facing the basket from that position player. And I, I think Sadibe is the kind of player that is versatile enough to, to show some more moves as, as you know, fall preseason practice progresses and into the season. And then especially defensively, uh, you, you have to be strong down low in the Syracuse 2-3 zone. So, as Sadibe goes now and develops, will be really, really important. And then behind him is going to be just as important, the development of the young centers, the freshmen coming in, and then uh, the versatility that Jim Beheim has to play Americ Dolezal at that position. But no doubt Sadibe, uh, you know, stood out uh, as his performance and how he's progressed uh, in the Italy trip. 
Brad, I don't know what the wins and losses will look like at the end of the season, but one thing I can say is that Syracuse will be far more fun to watch. The Orange consistently pushed the pace, got out in transition, and looked to find each other in offense. 92 points per game, 15.7 assists per game. They also averaged more than 34 three-point attempts per game. It's a new year and a new look for the offense, and that's going to be a good thing, don't you think? Yeah, I do, Wes. And here's how I was thinking of this. You know, they went 4-0 on this Italy trip, and what I thought about that is, you know, Jim Beheim hates to lose. All coaches are competitive, but he's one of the most competitive men I've ever met. You know, I've covered every one of his seasons. So whenever he has games scheduled, whether that's preseason Italy, whether that's Damon or Carlton, the upcoming exhibition games before the Virginia opener, he, he does not want to lose, can't stand losing. He can't stand losing a chess match or shooting, you know, uh, foul shots or playing a game of horse. So as he approaches these games, he, he knew the, the all-star teams that were being you know, assembled to, to be the opposition. He then knows as he's molding his team, Professor Bayheim here over the summer, these incoming freshman players, uh, piecing them together, watching from the sideline and, you know, in his mind, thinking, you know, a, a, a play ahead or, you know, possession ahead or, you know, into the next quarter, all of that. And then it, it all comes together with the great athletes that recruited. We talked in the podcast last week about you can't do it without talented and great athletes. And the other thing that stood out to me, I think, on this trip, and you mentioned it in, in your observation piece in the Juice West, is versatility. I, I'd love to see four guards in the rotation this year. I mean, that, that would be dynamic. And if they all can contribute, would really keep the opposition reeling. I'd like to see players move to different positions, you know, headed by Merrick Dolezal if he has to fill in, but then let him play significant minutes at the four and have that versatility. So that's the other thing that really stood out. And I think that's the other exciting part is they're going to continue to work on that in, in September into early October. And, you know, I really feel they're going to probably get a better game from a Carlton team, you know, a, a strong Canadian a college team that's been together more than these, you know, Italian all-star teams that were assembled. And I really think that a, a game like that may be a better test coming up, you know, in, in, in late October than we saw in Italy. Brad, Jim Beheim in an interview with Syracuse.com earlier in the week basically poured some cold water on the trip. He said that we shouldn't take away anything from these wins and the team has a really long way to go. So, Brad, do you think that's just Beheim trying to temper expectations or do you really believe we shouldn't look too much into these four games? A little bit of both. As you mentioned, you could probably go back and find audio clips that Jim Beheim said at different points in his career and play it today. And it would still be applicable. We, we used to do that, you know, when I was covering, uh, you know, in the eighties and nineties, full time on the beat, we used to collect a lot of the audio from press conferences, a, a lot of the same thing. So he's a veteran coach that, that knows how to motivate teams, knows what not to put out there, especially he's on Twitter a lot. He knows in this day and age, uh, things are going to get, be digital bulletin board material, if you will. So I think it's a little bit of both. He, he, he certainly wants to temper expectations to be able to, you know, uh, to have an impressive showing as the season goes on and having, you know, kept those expectations low at this point. And at the same time, I think he does know that the other point of this team have to get stronger, always incoming freshmen, always need to get stronger for the most part. 
when they come into Division One college basketball. So I think there's some justification to that. But he's been doing this long enough, Wes. He's been so successful at what he does that he, he knows what he's doing. Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, Wes, with the upcoming football season generating so so much excitement, I just want to make sure that Syracuse fans aren't disappointed when they're trying to tune in and watch the Orange Men, especially when the season gets underway in September. Now, of course, no problem against Clemson. That's an ABC national TV game at the sold-out Dome coming up on September 14th. But if you want to watch the Liberty game, it's basically going to cost you five bucks. You're going to have to get ESPN Plus to watch it unless you know how to hijack some digital signal somewhere somehow. But uh, the point is that it's a new age for watching Syracuse football with the ACC Network. And although Syracuse hasn't been announced for any ACC Network games yet, I would certainly suspect that the Western Michigan and Holy Cross games in September would be likely ACC Network games. And uh, fans probably when the first time at Syracuse football is on the ACC Network, day of the game, you know there's going to be complaints coming from people, uh, Orange fans around the country, because somehow, some way, they're not going to be able to figure out or find out or know how to watch the game. So it'll be interesting to see this adjustment now uh, to fans that want to tune in and watch Syracuse football, how long that will take with the debut of the ACC Network uh, coming up to the season. Brad, my closing thoughts are on 2022 combo guard Dior Johnson, the number 19 ranked recruit for 2022, who told Noon's Magician earlier in the week that he's planning to take an official visit to Syracuse in the fall. Johnson would be the highest commit at Syracuse since Darius Baisley, though as we all know, Baisley never played a game for Syracuse. Here's hoping it works out better with Johnson. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you to not be so quick to judge others. Take your time and really get into it. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.